0: Hello? Hello? Hi, I'm here. can you hear me, Miss Eve? Yes, ma'am. I can hear you. Awesome. Well, welcome to my official author podcast. And everybody, my name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I have A wonderful treat for all of you. I've got Miss Eve Cully with us today on the podcast. Thank you, Miss Eve, for being here.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate this opportunity. So, Miss
0: Eve, she is an author of children's literature. And I love what you say. Like, I've seen it on your bio. I've seen it, like, on your website on Amazon. Like, storytelling is as much a part of you as breathing is to your body. Like, just seeing that statement knows that you're wrapped up in this identity of authoring and this craftsmanship of storytelling. So, it's just a part of who you are.
1: Yes, it has been for a long time.
0: So I want to ask you, when you were young, were you writing and crafting stories at a very young age, or did that come through a school experience? Did it come from when you had, I know you talked about your own children has been an inspiration for you, but where did it really start for you?
1: I started writing when I was in high school, and my mother was my audience, and she didn't really give much one way or the other as support or approval, but I still would give her the stuff I wrote. And one time she asked me, did you write this? And I said, yes, I did. And she just looked at me. But um, when I was in high school, I got into the thespians and my favorite was yeah. uh, the fairy tales and went to state Um uh, couple of times in fairy tales and did fairly well. Um, and in college, it kind of got put on the back burner, um, had a lot, we had our two boys by then and um, college was um, a balancing act between <clears throat> taking care of the kids and going to school and seeing that all the reports and everything got done. But after college, I taught for a while uh, in Christian schools and then uh, we traveled. And that's when I took back up my storytelling. Uh, the boys were a captive audience in the backseat. And so I would ta- tell them stories to keep them occupied while we were We're having
0: a little bit of like a connection issue. I can hear how your voice is going in and out. Are you being able to pick that up when you're talking or does it sound very smooth to you on your end?
1: sound very smooth to me um, <laughs> but, um, I, I'm not hearing myself
0: me, is our connection clear like are you able to hear me clearly in time without it breaking apart okay so Listen, I'm ma'am. saying that it's going to ease itself in um, and that way the listeners will be able to get everything I could pick up on exactly what you were um, saying there's like a lag
1: okay this way. It, it's yeah, well, there I you went away.
0: It's like a little lag. Okay, so I want to see right. going on to see if, hopefully, the connection will improve some. Um, I do know that with you working with children, did when you worked in the Christian schools, what was your primary grade level that you were teaching? Was it the was it younger children? Was it middle or high school?
1: Um, it was, well, the first school was a combined school, and everybody was just in one room. Um, when I teaching at the missionary oh, school,
0: babe, going, I had the lower going, grades. The voice um, is going so, so in and out. I'm sorry we're having these technical issues. Um I couldn't make out what your response was on that one with um, were you elementary, middle, or high? We had a really bad connection there on that one.
1: All right. Um, The first school I taught out, it was in a long building and all the grades were together and I just worked with as they needed help. Um, It was I don't know if you recall but they had a pace packet system where the kids worked at their own speed uh, the second school was a was at missionary training camp and i had the uh first grade through okay. sixth grade okay. kids okay. and i am in, in, in one a room. similar
0: environment like that where i had multiple grade levels at one time and the reason why i'm asking you that is because you know, out of all the genres that you could write, you know, choosing that children's literature, like how did that become a place of predominance in your life? Like, how did you know that, okay, children's lit is for me, like chapter books for children. That's my thing.
1: I think it was when I would tell stories to, uh, children as long as they were under a certain age under like 13 their imagination would kick in and the story would become real to them and they could see what was going on and that that's how I see the the animals that I write about they they talk to me and they tell me their stories and I just write them down um but the children have such a vivid imagination and they jump right in there with you in the plot and the storyline and it becomes real to them. I'm gonna tell you their excitement is just infectious. As
0: a 43 year old woman reading Adventures in Barntown, like I absolutely adored every Uh chapter. Like it was it just got me from the beginning. And when I started Well, I've always loved children's literature, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher and I'm a literacy coach, but right now I'm working in the high school, but I do have Mm -hmm. a lot of elementary school experience in my background (laughs) So I've ran I homeschool and my son is in sixth grade. So we've just kind of went over that hump to where we were in children's literature, you know, we were going to middle grade and now we're like dabbling into middle grade and young adult now that he's getting older. So I I kind of miss uh-huh. the joy and right. the fun of children's literature and you brought that back to me with me reading your book. And I'm going to, I want to tell you. Well, thank you. Oh, go
1: ahead. Um, I I am so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad when I hear adults say that they enjoyed the book because I envision parents and their kids reading the book together so they can talk about it and what goes on and the situations that. The animals find themselves in and how they work it out.
0: But I do so, think that it's
1: more. I, I appreciate mean, of that. It Thank was you. Fun.
0: It made me smile. I would find myself laughing. I loved, you know, being inside Old Stripe's head. Like I loved, you know, his thought processes and just his quirky things he would say. And I will tell you what I did. Okay, I have a little southern accent. And so when I started reading your book, I felt so comfortable in that character that it made me connect with him because of his use of language. And it would be as if it was so authentic, like it was something that I would say to my kids, like seriously, like it like in my home away from my professional setting where I'm having to try to sound all proper in the Raleigh world, you know, (laughs) and then it really brought back that sense of home. Right. right. And it brought me to that sense of country and home and purity. (laughs) And just the language was beautiful, but there was something that I did too. Like when I was reading, okay. In chapter three, you've got this this character that you introduce, and he's the raccoon. And when... Oh my gosh, when I got to-
1: Mr. Yep. Winston, judge,
0: and when I got <clears throat> to him, I got to like put on this accent in my head. Now, you could, hey, <laughs> you're talking about hearing voices of these animals talking to you. I can go all out and tell you that that same thing happens to me with my young adult characters. I'm having full conversations with my protagonist, <laughs> and I'm wanting to beat up the antagonist. So, trust me, I know exactly how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But I loved how I could change my voice in my head with the different characters. And I could just picture that as a read aloud, Right. Like for parents and children, bedtime stories, homeschool families at home. This is our reading chapter book each day. We read a new chapter and then we have a learning lesson from it. Like and teachers in public schools, like grab this book and do it in a reading circle. Do it for independent reading time because it's fun. And you have so many elements in there where you can have great conversations with with children. And I think like I it made me think, okay, so I'm going to tell you what I do when I'm reading books. I start thinking then of books of like what I can compare that book to or like what kind of feeling do I get as I'm reading a book? Does it remind me of a feeling? Cause I'm, a, I'm an emotional person. And so when I read my emotions kind of get connected to a book. So I'm going to tell you the two books that came to me and I'm going to tell you a, a show that came to me too. And I want you to tell me if you've ever thought of these while you were writing but it's probably because of my personal experience. But when I was reading your book and it made me just happy, like I found myself in a happy place, (laughs) but I was thinking of Stuart Little and how happy (laughs) it made me to read Stuart Little with my children when they were younger. And I can remember vividly, I even took a picture to capture the happy moment that I had While I was reading Stuart Little with my children when they were younger and each night we would Mm -hmm. read a chapter and they would say, but can't you read the next one? And I would say, no, it's enough. One chapter a night because then I would want to discuss it. And there was something about your book when I was reading it and I was saying, if I would have had Adventures in Barn Town when my kids were younger, you would have been in that Stuart Little circle that realm of circle with me, with my kids, like you would have been that next book (laughs) that we would have read together because you've got, you've got such great discussion points in there, you know, especially, okay, okay, I'm going to tell you, you can tell me like maybe what your favorite discussion point could be, but I have mine and I wanted to share with you like something that I could really see. This is my literacy coach part coming in, like where I could see teachers utilizing this work. Or small groups using this work um, or homeschools are mm-hmm. just, you know, families using it as well as a great starting point. And it was when they were holding the town meeting, the part where you talk about they had to have the town meeting. It was in chapter seven. And you explain so well and it's so intentional about where the meeting is going to take place. And you don't just tell where, like, the location on the farm. You actually tell why that place was chosen. You know, so everybody could be seen. Everybody could be heard. Then what I love about the town meeting part is where you say Mm -hmm. there was a part in there you said not only could they be heard, like, by everyone, but you gave them where they had time so they could put their thoughts together before coming to the meeting. So then that gives people that space to be able to reflect, to be able to formulate ideas, to have a maybe even a writing period where they can write down ideas and things and talking points before just going in with like a heated emotion, you know, like we're We're going to this town meeting and and we're going to air everything out, you know, all the problem or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to give it all away. I don't want to do like spoiler alert. But you know what I'm saying? Like I could see that as a very pivotal part in the book where classes can have a town meeting. Groups can have, okay, this is how we communicate. Because those were really basic communication tools that students and children need to develop. And they have to learn that.
1: Well, that's good. Well, Stripe had to, has to take into consideration uh, the chickens are gossipers, so he's got to give them time to get that out of their system. The geese think they are the deputies of the farm and they always want to tell everybody how to do things. So he's got to give all of those people or critters, the residents, he's got to give them time to to calm down so that they can get to the point right. and not just and I think rehash, those, rehash, those rehash. That
0: great that you like, but yeah, put, you know, that flowed out of you to get into this book because it's such a springboard for discussion. And you have many parts in there that I just love, you know, of how you can take a chapter And I'm not saying, like, break it apart and analyze it and critique it and all of that and annotate it. That's not what I mean. But you could just break it apart for, you know, what could we learn from this and how can we apply it, you know, to be more accepting of others, be more open with others, you know, or how can we understand that there's just different people in the world. Like, we've got different personalities, you know, that we have to work with. And we have to learn, you know, how to function together, even when we have the gossipers, the ballsy, you know, the know-it-alls, the, you know, the stinkers, you know. <laughs> I mean, we have that in our life, and you do that so eloquently in that book, you know, you drew that all together. And that could be a really great life lesson that children could walk away from the adventures of Barntown you know, having a better grasp about. Because, you know, young children, it's about them, you know, they, what's going on in their world, their mindset. And sometimes it can be difficult for them to look at different points of view or different personalities, you know, or even take in different stories. And I think the way that you shifted that between the chapters was just brilliant.
1: Well, thank you. Um, My favorite, besides Stripe, <laughs> my favorite character is Stinky. He doesn't say anything, but he's just a really cool guy. I like how you cool said he wouldn't, go, like quiet. Like, he and, wouldn't uh, go quiet.
0: Like, he wouldn't go quiet. it was a line you wrote, like, I love So I'm telling you, I do not have the book in front of me. I'm, like, saying the stuff off my head. That's how much I loved your book, okay? I can quote you. <laughs> but you were like, he wouldn't go quiet. And I was like, so that means that in the next book, you know, that I have to get, you know, the further adventures, you know, the next book is, is Stinky going to be more in that one?
1: He, he, he does make cameo appearances. Yes.
0: I know you've got your series going on. So talk to us about that development of the series. Did you know right away you were going to plan out a series or did you think that adventures in Barntown was going to be like a standalone?
1: I thought when I first, that that, that would be it, that, that adventures would be all there was and I'd um, have to come up with a different concept. But the, the residents of Barntown are, are just very uh, unique and they're very loud and they continue to tell me what's going on and they pester me if I don't tell them I'm writing it down. And uh, so it, the further adventures just evolved out of the communication between the geese and the ducks and the chickens and, and Stripe and I. And the next, so that was the second book. And then it evolved further to the third book, which centers more on the, the rabbits that live here. And the third book, Midnight at Barntown, is more about the bunny rabbits and what happens to them. And uh, my fourth book, I'm really excited I, about. It's a, a journal. I was going to talk got with pictures you. Yes,
0: I was going to talk the with you about your it. journal because that is clever. That is very clever. Did you know you were going to have a journal all along, or did that idea come at you later?
1: No. It came later. Uh, it came at a comment from author Ann Jones. And she said, you know, because she, she told me she's, a, she's a, she pushes me. When's the next book, Eve? When's the next book? And Ann writes uh, police suspense books. And um, she said, you should do a journal. I want a journal. And so I started talking with my illustrator, and we came up with an idea. The, the concept for the journal, but our hope is that the journal will encourage others to write their stories down, their ideas, and have a place to put it, that they can go back and look at it and say, yeah, this is a good idea, I need to do something differently. That's our hope, that the, the people who, who read Barntown will want to, to yeah, join us and write their own stories. Right
0: so I don't know if it's like a location or what's happening, but you sound, maybe the clouds have moved away, but you, your voice sounds super <laughs> uh, cool.
1: Let me step out of the porch and see if that helps. Sometimes just, you know, you've heard the saying, I live at the bottom of the hill, mm-hmm. it yes. goes uphill both ways. Yes. It so really you, does. So up to You help, actually. Up to help. Hang on.
0: Yeah, You, you sounded very clear right like there. I All right, I'm right. outside. Did that help? I just want everybody to hear your insights and your genius, and how you came to develop the story. And first, you living on a farm and being around these animals, you know, I'm sure that that really helps in how you capture those characterization, those behavior patterns. Like, you didn't have to do a lot of research on the internet or watching YouTube videos about bully goats, did you? <laughs> Yeah, You just went outside, right? No,
1: no. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I just went yeah. out to the barn and, kind of and sat down. You
0: did, that. did you take your computer with you? Did you take a notepad with you? Or were you just being an observer in the moment?
1: I just observed and just sat quietly and watched them them interact and the way they handled their problems and who was, what the, the order of command was and who got what they wanted first and because even in the goats, there's a goat that always eats first and there's always a goat that has to wait until everybody's done. And the same thing with chickens and the geese and the ducks. I mean, there's everybody's got their place in their in their group and then the group has a place within the whole barn. So it's it's, I, I enjoy it. It's peaceful for me to sit there and watch them work oh, out I their problems. Imagine.
0: And just just connecting with that environment and that setting. And for those yeah. of us, you know, that have to go online and do the research, you know, there, there's a lot of work that goes into that, but the world is out there. You know, I say all the time, if you're, if you're writing for a certain setting, you know, go to a place that's similar to that. At least like if you're writing, so, for example, I wrote a book and it was there was a big forest scene. I just went out and took a hike and just stayed out in the woods. And without the occasional hiker coming up and right. down the trail, that's what I got to do. I got to listen, I just kind of listened to the sounds of what mm-hmm. it might sound like like the world is our classroom you know the world is a book you know we just have to keep going out there and doing so i was wondering if you know just how was your process you just sat there and
1: observed okay I, you've dropped out again out
0: too I, I really hope that you guys will stick with us and be patient with us and know that um i really
1: uh you've dropped out again Jen.
0: Miss Eve, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Miss Eve? Oh, I hate that. Technical difficulties. All right, guys, so I'm going to Okay. I can't hear you at all. Stop the podcast and I'm going to get back online with Miss Eve and you guys hang on and we're going to get to part two.
1: I'm, well, I'm sitting out on the porch, front porch. The whole, you may hear occasional cows or well, or the do- or a- dog or big dog in the you. back barking. One day but I'm gonna have we'll give it a
0: podcast equipment. I'm already claiming that the Lord is going to provide, but at this time I'm doing what I can <laughs> with what I can. Um, so I did want to talk with you about the deputy, like, and the, the sheriff relationship, like, in your book, like, what inspires you could have picked any profession. You could have put anybody as your humans in the book, and you chose that family. Was there a particular reason? What inspired you for that? Ah.
1: Well, that family's us. Um, <laughs> my hubby's the sheriff, and his, his relationship with the animals is just very special. Um, they all respond to him and they talk to him and they greet him. And uh, like, we have a donkey now, Savannah, and wherever, whenever he's outside, Aww. she will bray and come running. We, she leaves the goats and she comes running over to me and scratch her between her ears and stuff. The geese follow him around like it's a, a parade and that brings the chickens and the ducks and And everybody just, you know, wherever he goes when he's out, they just kind of, he has this entourage that follows him. And Stripe is based on a cat that we have. And the cat goes with Don when he's outside. So they go around and they make the rounds. They check on everybody. So it's life.
0: It's life as you know. know.
1: Art imitating Mm -hmm. life, I guess. But it's, yes, yes, it is. Like, right now, I've got a chicken hawk flying over my field, and my chickens <laughs> have all ran case. for cover. new
0: story. There's a new um, chapter in the making. I can see it now. <laughs> so, I wanted to also yeah. ask you, like, yeah. what challenges, but, um, like, have you faced on this author journey that you've had? Like, have you had any particular challenges that you had to overcome or has all of this just been very natural for you and you know Mm. you've just been right on point from the beginning
1: the writing just flows uh I know that there are people that do outlines and they have their plots laid out and all of that but that's not how it works for me I just Mm -hmm. sit down at my laptop and I start to write and it, it flows from one chapter to the next to the next and that part is fairly easy for me the the hard part and i'm sure i'm not the only one but the hard part is the promoting and the advertising and trying to get up enough nerve to talk to people and wow. say can i come and read at your school you know um i, I have trouble with that because <laughs> Um, I tend to have a mm-hmm. large personal bubble, and I tend to be uh, more uh, recluse than than you know. You're you need to be when you're trying to I get your your lot books lot. out there.
0: And I feel so that's the area, area I feelings that you have. But I will tell you that I believe in your work, mm-hmm. and I believe. And I believe that your story has a place in elementary schools and thinking about how you could, you know, first, you know, praying over it and then, you know, building up that courage (laughs) and then going out there and making contacts with literacy coaches, you know, the role like I have, there are literacy coaches at the elementary school. A lot of schools, um, I'm not knowing about, you know, like about your state, but like those support personnel, you know, contacting guidance, contacting media specialists, Mm -hmm. emailing libraries, you know, for story time, and, you know, you never know what doors can open for you. Like, that's my process right now. I'm starting to just email. I don't have a lot of connections, so I'm just I made a form email out that I just have to change a little bit at each one. And I've started to send out to the world to say, I would love to hold a book tour. I would love to come and, you know, speak and I'm just going to be uh-huh. waiting patiently to see what I, you know, get back. But I agree that it is, it is a lot to put ourselves out there, but your book is worth it. Like you
1: Well, thank you. Um, I have I have had an interview with uh, two newspapers that they did really nice write ups about about the work. And then I have been to one grade school and uh, well, I had I was there for the whole morning. I had readings with different classes and yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And one of the girls. Oh, she must have been maybe eight, maybe nine. Sent me a thank you card. And I stay in touch with her over uh, uh, Instagram. And she messages me and what she's doing. And she sends me pictures of of what she's done and stuff. So she was the one who asked the most about how to start writing.
0: And then you have the journal. You have a way for, you know, you are using your platform to then inspire other people. We want you to now create your stories because everybody has a story. They just have to get that. Right. confidence. They have to get the confidence. They do. And they have to feel like their voice will matter. and, and, you know, breathing that and speaking that life into your children like that gives them so much hope that what they do have to say is important. um, Kids
1: are some of the best storytellers, you know, they've got such, they got a vivid imagination, and they're not afraid to, to just talk to people, you know, it just bubbles out of them. And it's just so exciting to see that when they start putting those thoughts and their little pictures in down, whether it's drawing or, or writing, you know. And, um,
0: and i see this that's what I high school and i think i have been encouraged more by watching the high school students who are writers who have published their own books they are going on book tours they're doing their thing and they're just going out there like they're go-getters you know and they're taking these risks and they're you know, 16 years old, and I'm going, you're inspiring me. You're a motivator for me that tells me, you know, I can dig deep here. This is also my passion, and, and I've got to figure out ways to overcome any kind of fear that I might have of public speaking or contacting people, because the bottom line, you know, one of the students told me the other day, she was like, you're going to get a yes or a no. And I have said that same thing to them all the time. I ask, and they're either going to tell you yes or they're going to tell you no. And you just keep asking, and you just keep going. And, and I feel like I can do that. And I get encouraged by watching young people just really go after their passions like that. Like, that inspires me. Like, I know you mentioned Ann Jones. You mentioned Ann Jones <laughs> I, as a I writer can't that that, you know, that really motivates you? Like, um, have you had any other authors or maybe just books or, or people that really have helped you, you know, push yourself out there a little bit more or, you know, take more risks?
1: Yeah, uh, Anita Rogers, she's a, she's really good. She's been very, very supportive. um, But Anne is, in fact, Anne did the, the. Um, oh, shoot, my mind just went blank. Forward. Anne did the forward for Midnight at Barntown. And I was so, I feel so blessed that she would do that for us, for that book. But um, authors, you you find a couple that are willing to work with you and, and encourage yes, you. I and agree. You just need you know, to hang on people. to
0: them. It, can be, it doesn't have to be. A thousand friends. It could be one good author, yes. a couple of good people that that can really just speak life into you, and it can make a world of difference, you
1: know. Plus, plus, I have my advanced readers, and um, one of them is thirteen. And could you try to repeat that one is-
0: again? You kind of went out to where I couldn't try to play the decipher game. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, yeah.
1: I have uh, advanced readers that give me a lot of input. One of them is a young man. He's 13. He started out reading my books when he was uh, 12, 10, 11. And Kenneth has got really a lot of good input into the story, you know, what he likes and what he doesn't like. And and then um, the other one of the other ones that gives me is my son. He's got two small girls. So he reads the stories mm-hmm. to them to see what they think and what they like or don't like. So advanced readers are yes. just such a blessing. They give you some kind of, of parameters to know, oh, no, this is too, this is too off or that's not... They don't understand this part. And I do agree part, that
0: the beta so. the beta readers,
1: but, yeah, can
0: really bring so much value to us and give us that critique mm-hmm. and that feedback that we need. And especially when we can yes. find beta readers that that we can trust to give us honest feedback. And mm-hmm. children can be yes. completely brutally yeah,
1: because,
0: honest and say, so "Uh, no." Um, yeah, and so yeah. this is yeah, what honest. happened to me. Yeah. I wrote a book at the beginning of the school year. Um, God gave me a dream. I felt like it was just something that, you know, was meant to be written, and it was about a community garden, and uh, it had the students uh-huh. that I'm teaching currently. I teach a ninth grade English class, and so All of the kids in my book, their younger versions, showed up. So it had each student's name. And I had already started to learn a lot about the personalities of my students at the beginning of the year. So it was more for maybe a community building exercise than anything else. And so what I could give to them was a story with their name in it. So I wrote a story, the story that I had the dream about, and I sat them around at a, at a in the public library where they do the like children's story time so they could feel what it would be like to have a read aloud Uh and here they are 14 and 15 years old and they humored me and they would say oh that vocabulary word oh that vocabulary word so then I started recognizing that they were saying that I was using advanced vocabulary for maybe a children's book and I think it's because I've just been immersed in that YA right. world for so long that I didn't know quite how to navigate between my word choices. So then I reached out to beta readers and of, a, you know, third and fourth grade level. And sure enough, I had a little girl and I loved it. She underlined every word that she didn't know. And I didn't say, you know, circle vocabulary. Just, I just said, read it and let me know what you think. And she wrote me a letter back. She wrote me this letter and she said something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing it. I I don't have a letter up here with me now, but it was like, I'm a really smart student and I read all the time, but you used a lot of big words that a lot of us will not understand. (laughs) I was like, okay, I really need to do, I need to do some work. I need to do some synonym replacements. But you know, when I read your book, I felt like you did that very well. You challenged the reader with vocabulary, but you didn't do it in a way where you couldn't do it in context. You understand what I mean? Like a a child could read it, still use context clues, but if they did need to go for definitions, that's just challenging them to increase their own reading level. So I felt your chapter book was very well um, crafted for vocabulary and the way that instead of you saying like he said, remember I was telling you about the raccoon, the Winston, remember the part that I loved and his characterization, you said a line in there that a teacher could just use at the high school level where it was when he smiled, it didn't reach his eyes. So then what does that mean? For that character. So mm-hmm. you used a lot of things like that in your book. And did you do an Easter egg? Like I'm learning about what Easter eggs are. And how authors drop stuff. Do you know there's something no. that you did that made me laugh? There's a title of one of your chapters. It's, and I thought it was a soap opera. I thought you were making a reference to As the World Turns. Because <laughs> you titled... as the barn turns so I laughed when I saw your chapter heading as the barn turns because I was thinking of that old soap opera I used to watch when I was younger as the world turns and I was like okay I'm about to get into some Mm -hmm. soap opera at a farm I'm about to get into some (laughs) drama at the farm did you do that on purpose was that where that came from or is that just my weird mind taking it somewhere else yes
1: no No, because that's what they were, that's what the, they are very dramatic at times, and it's just over the top, and it it did remind me of a soap opera. I was like, look at her, she dropped
0: in this reference that no child would get, right, because they're probably not watching, I don't know, maybe they are watching as the world turns, but I don't know, but I remember that as like, We had our routine. My mom, you know, she watched Young and Restless. I watched Days of Our Lives. When Days of Our Lives went off, we watched As the World Turns. You know, like, I could just remember that. And it just made me laugh. Uh I was like, look at her. She's dropping that in for an adult. She's dropping that in for the adult readers in the room. Um, And so, yeah, I was like, I liked how you did that. I was going to, I had to ask you, was that purposeful for that soap opera? Because that made me laugh. But I wanted to ask you go ahead and well
1: I'm glad it was I said and I'm glad because that was my hope I got (laughs)
0: it but I mean my mind's a little quirky anyway but I got it I laughed I was like man I told you your book just made me smile the whole time like I truly did do you like do you feel like (laughs) your writing is this a part of like your calling or your ministry like do you see that as a calling on your life
1: I do. Um, it's It's been progressive, but God has been pushing me to do this. And I have a lot of peace about what I write. Um, I'm, well, I'm very proud of it, but it's because it's what God has done in and through me. And that's my hope, that there's so much stuff out there that young kids see that they shouldn't see. And so my hope is, Book will bring them back and give them maybe a little bit of Mayberry yes, in their yes. lives. You it's know, just,
0: it's just—it's just good. You know, it's just good. There's a show I will tell you. I was going to tell you earlier and I forgot because I started talking about. It reminded me when I was reading the experiences that I had with my children when they were a lot younger when we read Stuart Little. But it also reminded me uh-huh. of the E.B. White book um the trumpet of the swan and like most people know E.B. White from Charlotte's Web and I didn't I actually didn't know about right. the trumpet of the swan and I read that as an adult and I think that that book just captures that warmth you know the warmth of the animals the warmth of the community the journey that you know the swan has to take and overcoming a a weakness that he has. I mean, Uh those books are like, they're classics. And, and I, when I read your book, you give me that same exact feeling, that same exact emotion as when I read those books with my children. And that's why I really want every parent to go and get, you know, the adventures of barn town, you know, and, and so that way they can have that experience. You know, I want that experience for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want them to have
1: it. I do, and I that's, that's what I want for them, too. Um, I, I would like eventually to be able to put the books in different languages so they can reach other children, not just here in the United States and, or English-speaking people and... Uh, I've got a, a Spanish-speaking, it's her native language, and we've talked a couple times about maybe she could start translations for me. Oh, you really me. clear
0: now. Oh. Oh, you That's see.
1: a goal. Down
0: the road away. That's um, a goal. So, I know that's something next for you. And are you going to just continue with Barntown? Are you going to branch off? And, uh Did we lose? Did I lose you? Okay. You, oh no! You back. get these like really bad moments, and I and I'm telling you, you know, if I had the fancy equipment, if we could do fancy equipment with podcasts, we would. And I'm I'm just thankful for the listeners hanging in there with us and dealing with the technicals up and down because what you say is so valuable, and I think so many people need to hear it <laughs> that. I, I want us to capture it like in real time and just know that people, you know, are good spirited right along with us. Like, Hey, all my listeners have been listening to me from day one, a lot of them. Um, and they've put up with all my technical issues too. So, um, but so you, you're looking at translations. Are you also looking at just continuing with the Town right. series? Like, is this something that you're in it to win it? You know, like yes. this is your niche. You found yes. it. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. gorgeous. And I'm going to, Yeah, I think
1: I can't can't see me writing any other type of book. Barntown speaks to my soul. And you can
0: feel it when you read it, though. It's like that authenticity. It's like a truth to that. Like the eyes as me being the reader of that, I could feel that place that this was really coming from, you know, a pure place. Um, do you? I don't know if you and I this try... show, but I'm gonna tell you what. So my brain, what happens to me when I read books? I told you I go to emotional places, right? So I'll hold, I'll hold on right. to emotions. Right. I'll hold on to memories while I'm reading. It'll remind me of other books. It reminds me of experiences that I've had with my children. But it also reminded me of a show that I used to watch with Solomon. My son Solomon is 16. Um, and so when he was a baby, I'm talking about like one years old, this was his birthday party theme. He loved he was addicted to this show. And it was called JJ the Jet Plane. And it was about all these airplanes at an airport. And they they just worked together and they had their differences and they they had situations that they would have to overcome. And there was something about when I was reading your book, it brought me back to a cartoon series like I could see this on a series show for kids. Like, you know, have you ever dreamed of having it turn into a series like a cartoon series?
1: I have, i that's, that's something that the Lord and I've talked about, but yeah, it, I, I think that would be the highlight of my life. I know
0: that (laughs) for some reason, do you know that JJ, the jet plane, do you know that series? I don't, so, no, I don't. So what, I don't. So every time a reader reads a book, they go and they draw back to their personal bank. So, like, that's my personal bank, and I took mm-hmm. a withdrawal out of it, and it just reminded me of those experiences that I had with my son when he was younger, and just, you know, the whole JJ the Jet Plane thing just kept staying with me, and I don't know why, but it, but it just kept, because I haven't seen that show in years. You see how you brought back just wonderful childhood memories of my family? <laughs> Like, but I was saying, well, I was that, saying, I was so saying, Miss Eve, like, you've got it. You've got such a jewel with this book. You've got such a jewel with this series and then adding the journal component to it. And guys, if you go to the, her website, if you go to evecully.com, she's got a video that will pop up and start playing. And it, I love that. I love how you did that video. Um, adding that to your website what gave you the inspiration to do the video addition to the website
1: I had seen where uh the romance people had these videos on theirs you know uh, the swirling music and the girl in the ball gown and the handsome young prince and I thought well if they can do that for theirs, surely we can do it for farming. Exactly. and uh, and
0: I think that that would appeal to younger.
1: And so I. I
0: don't, yeah. Yeah.
1: The music's kind of fun. I like, the music, I like too, the music because
0: that's the background of like the music that you would have in your head when you're reading old strike, you know? When you're reading Deputy, you gotta have that kind of music in right. the background. I, I thought it was well done. And it and again, when I go to your sites, I just smile because you're just so authentic. You're just so down to earth. I just feel like it comes across in your writing. And you're going to do so wonderful when you're reaching out to people. People are going to connect with you. And kids are going to absolutely love you. Like, they're going to love your storytelling.
1: Well, I get some strange. I hope so. I get strange looks from adults, though, when I tell them that the the goats talk to me or the geese talk to me. They just, you know, it's okay. I'm I'm, I'm okay. But they do talk to me. And that so.
0: happens to so many writers. Like I, I hear writers all the time talking about how they battle out scenes in their head, and they're shocked by characters. And and characters take a life. Like they're your family. They almost become. They become they a part of your life. They, they're breathing human, <laughs> or and, you know, they have personality. In,
1: in fact, uh, one of yeah, one of the books I wrote, I had the scene all laid out. And I wrote it, and Stripe woke me up in the middle of the night and was yelling at me, saying, "That's mm-hmm. not how it goes." And I had to get up and change yeah. <laughs> so I could yeah, get it some will sleep. Not
0: leave you alone, the, yes. <laughs> hey, trust me, you me are it, yeah. in you are in safe company to be able to tell that to any ri- writer on the planet, and they're going to shake their head and say, "Yep, been there, done that." Everybody out there, y'all can raise your hands right now knowing that y'all have had this experience. So I, thanks again, Miss E, for staying with us. I'd love for you to tell the listeners how they can connect with you. And I'm going to link all of your things. I'm going to place them in the description of the podcast. But I'd love for you to tell everyone how to, like, where are you most at? Like, if they want to reach out to you.
1: Um, I'm, uh, the website EveCully.com um, I have a Facebook page. It's Barntown Eve, uh, that I talk a lot about that, about upcoming things. Uh, Twitter, uh, which is at Barn Eve, Barn Cully, Barn Cully. And um, but I check my I check my social media pages a lot. Don, my husband Said you were just there. I said I know, but they, pe- they pe- post things that I need to know. So, yeah, just there's a sign up for a newsletter on the Eve uh, I, I I missed that. And I send a newsletter. Okay, I said
0: missed a, that when I think you're talking about a new the newsletter that you've got that you're I, signing up. Yeah, yeah, it, it comes out
1: once a month, and uh, it's not long. It's got just updates. Like the one that just went out, I was. We have a a new book coming out. Hopefully, the end of this month, first of February. It's Barn Town and the Two Eyed Hurricane. Um, the Two
0: Eyed Hurricane. That's
1: the new. That's the latest. I. Mm-hmm. That's the latest book. So yeah. If
0: you guys miss hers. It's. About- if you guys missed that because um, she's going in and out, if you go to the EveCully.com website, you can subscribe to her newsletter. If you just scroll all the way down to the bottom, um, you will see Want the yeah. Latest Updates, and you can go ahead and sign up. So that way you can keep up with um, Miss Eve and find out what's happening at the Barn Town and, you know, what's going on with her, with, the, with her novels and her journey um, on this author road. But, um, Miss Eve, I'd love it if you would share um, your favorite Bible verse with everybody.
1: Uh, It's John 1.1, that uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's just, it's what I see when I look out. I see his creativity in the world around us, and it, it just comes home. Yes. And...
0: And, I'm, and I do, again, I keep apologizing, and, and I do need to do better than that in 2019. Don't have to keep apologizing for everything. But I apologize for the in and out. The, the links will be posted. I'm going to share this out on all of our sites. Um, and before we go, um, would you like to pray for our listeners that are out there um, and had an opportunity to hear I would you. be honored. Yes,
1: please do, Miss Eve. Father, we just thank you for this time with Jen and the listeners and Lord, we just ask as we come up to this weekend that everyone would have peaceful, restful weekend and they would assemble with other believers and that they would grow in your word and in your power and might, that they would see that you are all sufficient and can meet each and every need that they have. Lord, just bless them real good and again thank you for jen and her work and for this opportunity lord you know we love you and we want to see you soon in jesus name
0: amen Amen. so we challenge you to go out and write something inspiring today and share it with the world thanks for joining me and miss eve cully on jen lowry writes Guys, have a blessed day. And thank you so much, Miss Eve. Thank you. Well, thank you.
1: I appreciate it very, very much. All
0: All right. Bye, guys. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day. Thank mm-hmm. you.